Hey family, how you doing? Hope all is well with you. Uh, this is what I would consider to be a special edition for uh, your daily win. Um, kudos to all of you who uh, had an opportunity to to pan in. Uh, certainly today, um, I, I have to be honest. I woke up, my heart was real, real heavy. Um, just as I began to reflect on on social media, social media is as interesting as it is, <laughs> and as useful as it is as a tool. Uh, is almost one of the greatest indicators of people's positions, people's uh, dispositions. Um, it's I'm sure that that social psychologists or sociologists are having field days, speci- uh, specifically those who are digital sociologists. I don't know if that is a terminology or if there are such thing. I'm sure there is, but digital t- <laughs> digital sociologists who get to check the behaviors of people, how they think and how they act. People people are idiosyncratic in general and, and always unpredictable. And you got to understand that about humans. And human beings um, create a dynamic, uh, an interesting dynamic all the time, um, especially if you're a lover of people such as myself, you're an extrovert such as myself. Um, interaction on a daily just, it fluctuates. And uh, I, I woke up heavy this morning simply because as I began to look through the feeds, I did see one particular feed and it kind of jogged my thought process from a couple of days ago. But I saw this guy, he just railed on Cedric the Entertainer about a golf tournament. And and I take it, he was a minority and he just said, listen, you guys, he said, you guys, <laughs> he said, you guys rant and rave about what you see in politics and you rant and rave about what you're seeing um about this and that you don't like and about you know police shootings and this and that he says but you're not speaking out against your own genocide and that thing that thing went off in me man i it it, it went off in me something crazy and um i said man this is a true statement. And for some time, I, I've kind of, and let me say this as a disclaimer, I, more than likely a podcast like this will probably cause me to lose friends, lose associates, whatever. Listen, guys, let me speak directly to you. Um, if, if a person doesn't know me by my heart by now, if a person doesn't understand what my, whether it's worth, value, conviction, Hey man, it was never meant to be from the Getty at all. And um, as much as I like to preserve relationships, to be honest with you, I'm in a season where I, I, I am very, very focused on the things that, that God speaks to my heart, the convictions he puts in my heart. And um, I had to just come to the conclusion that there's some things that I'm just, I have to let fall off. And um, I, I'm not saying, it, I don't know what those are, because I figured that they'll identify what and who they are and they'll fall off on their own. Um, but I, I can't say who or what, but I can just say that if, if it's not lining up with the direction I'm going in, first of all, do you support what I do? Are you supporting the podcast? Are you supporting their efforts? Those who do, obviously you're in, you're in my camp, but if you're not, obviously you got another agenda. Listen, this is not, this is not a hierarchical thing. I'm, I'm, we're, we're all equals in what we do and who we are period. No matter what you do, what you've achieved or anything like that. And the reality is, is that um, 
um, when you see value, you, you, you put something on it. You put an investment in it. You put a down payment on it. That's what it is. And, and I can leave it at that. But this whole issue regarding the, 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 the issue of genocide uh, in our urban cities in particular is an extremely, extremely troubling one. And it should be at the top of the agenda for every African-American male. If you are an African-American male, it should be at the top of your agenda. It should be at the top of the agenda for the African-American male, for the African-American community in general. It should be at the top of the agenda for any community. But the responsibility is going to rest and lie, particularly with persons like myself. And so let me bring it in closer. My responsibility, I felt, is to speak out on this issue. This weekend, from Friday to Monday morning, this last weekend, beginning first week of August, the city of Chicago saw 70 shootings. It saw 11 people killed. Now, 11 people killed in a weekend is a lot. But 70 bullets penetrating the bodies of a human being in the span of three days speaks to a much deeper problem, issue, I don't know what, but something stinks there. It just It's just something wrong. And for those of, the, those of you out there, whether you're public officials, mayors, whoever, celebrities, I don't know who will listen to this because this is public domain. This is this is an issue that has got to be addressed in in the most aggressive and intense fashion, uh, especially in the hour where there's so much. Um, what's the word I want to use for 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 our current political environment as far as the president, as far as the Senate, as far we are in a very, very um, challenging political environment. And this is not the time to skirt over issues that are affecting people's lives and that are that are diminishing populations. This is a this is an effort. This is an effort. This is a phenomenon of diminishing return where we're seeing people diminish. We're seeing something that's diminishing a community. It's diminishing the male seed in the community the part of the community that reproduces itself. This is of a serious, serious, serious nature. And so I don't want to make light of this. This is, I don't, and I don't care how long this takes, but I do want to say this, that with a city such as Chicago, seeing this kind of, of savagery and, and seeing this kind of self-hatred and then not seeing, this is the thing that got me the most, I didn't see the response in social media that I see when the Golden State Warriors win the championship. I didn't see the same kind of response when I see the Super Bowl chance, uh, a team win the Super Bowl or when a, a hockey team wins the Stanley Cup. And this is why when I talk about the win, I talk about the win. The win is not an event. The win, it, this is the, this is the, the liability of, of that. People become event focused 
and forget the process and forget everything else that goes into the process of character development. We're talking about the character of our cities. I'm titling this winning cities, winning cities, because winning cities are cities that have character. Yesterday, my spiritual father, Pastor uh, uh, Apostle Kenneth Robinson, spoke really, really powerfully to um, lack of character in leadership lack of character in uh, the White House. And this, this, this issue of character in cities is something that is what we're seeing. We're, we, we see a lot of fluff a lot of times to, to put up a, um, to put up what we want people to see and lack the substance of what really changes people. Right. This is what our current political environment has become, not just in the White House, but from state to state, from city to city. It's it's a it's a lot of um, um, I'm trying to think of the word. Um, it, it just puts up a lot of I want to say fluff, but it's everybody's self-protecting. They want to make themselves look good. Nobody wants to look bad, but that has nothing to do with building the character of yourself. It has nothing to do with building the character of your of, of whatever institution that you're called to oversee. And it has nothing to do with the character over whatever region you have um, jurisdiction over. It, it just doesn't. And it's very, very important to understand that to build substantive institutions and systems in place in these cities it is imperative that you dig deep and you go internally. We were we're so caught up on externalization, like like we're worried about what this company, this culture is doing to us. We're worried about what this is doing to us from the outside in, outside in, and we don't police from the inside out. Honestly, and this is what I believe got got Bill Cosby in trouble. Bill Cosby. If you remember, before all the allegations came out about him, was speaking pointedly to the African-American community and the issues that we had in the community. And he was speaking to them and people were maligning him, you know, because he was kicking over our sacred cows, particularly the African-American community. He dealt with stuff that we don't even like to talk about. He dealt with the whole light skin, dark skin thing. And he dealt with a whole bunch of stuff, stuff that we like, you know, what I'm saying it's like. It's like the, the incest, the incest story within a family. Okay. Let's just, this just be real. I'm just throwing Gotland completely down. He, he, he went there. And when he went there, there were powers that be that seemed like they wanted not that to happen because it's obviously a concerted effort to not see the community as strong as it needs to be. It's, it's out there. We already know that. There's no question about it. And, and lo and behold, after 30 something years, and yes, he was wrong for everything he did. This is, he was wrong for everything he did, but there was a reason why he was protected, see, because he, he followed the system. But when he stepped out of that system, that system turned right back on him and said, listen, oh, by the way, we, 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 we got some stuff on you. And, and to be honest with you, there, there are others like him. There are athletes out there who you never heard nothing about, but, you, but, but we rail at him as one being the greatest athlete or athletes, but yet they've been protected but if you put their stuff out there, oh, trust you me, <laughs> that legacy would be gone. And I'll just leave it at that. To the issue of these cities, 
winning cities. Winning cities look like this. Winning cities look like a place where the institutions internally are strengthening themselves. The barbershops. I'm about to do a tour of barbershops, period. Because the barbershop is the place where, particularly if we're speaking African-American males, where African-American males will come, they will vent, they will share their political views, and there's an exchange and dialogue where there is never, ever, ever any issues whatsoever regarding, um, you know, fallouts. And then when there is a fallout, look, I got a fresh cut. I'm getting ready to leave. But you come out edified. I get more edified coming out of a barbershop than, man, I'm telling you, most places I go otherwise. So we got to strengthen our institutions, our beauty salons, our barbershops, our schools. Kudos to LeBron James for establishing a school in Akron, Ohio. We need more of those. We need one of those in every city. We need an I promise in every city. And I hope a promise school in every city. And I hope he's thinking about that. I hope he's thinking about putting one in because he's taking responsibility. And hopefully he can come up with a, a economic uh, sort of an ecosystem where these schools will then begin to fund themselves. These schools will also be funded from the outside uh, as well and through corporations and things like that. Like that to strengthen the communities because these are these are institutions we need to definitely strengthen um and, and then and then obviously the churches the churches being strengthened as networks and not just centers where they're competing for one another i got an issue right now where i don't see the kind of mergers and connection and kind of chain connection where churches are moving together it just doesn't make sense to me why in one region can there not be <clears throat> eight churches that all work together systematically to uh, uh, envelope themselves around a particular region? Why, why is that missing? Is there too much ego? Is there too much insecurity in the pulpits? Like, 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 you, why can't we do that? If there's a win on that side of the city, then there should be a win. If there's a win on the west side, then there should be a win on the east side. The win on the east side should be the win. We don't even see that. And we're talking about multi-million dollar institutions, man. We're talking about people who should know, who should know better, who, who are not, not dumb people. They're smart people. They obviously have a lot of substance. Why can't we just connect all that? Okay? I'm, I'm moving along. This is an agenda. And then on top of that, plugging the politicians into these systems that I just spoke of, the barbershops, the, 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 the beauty salons, the churches, the schools. Um, this is simple stuff, man. We've been talking for some time, but why are we not seeing application? Lo and behold, as a result of that, we've got a lot of gaps. And in these gaps, we've got a generation of kids who don't care about nothing and they don't care about life they're missing certain value systems they're not getting the values put into them and they can't make the right decision and this is why we're seeing what we're seeing a winning city has all those components a winning city is this very simple it stops focusing on the externalities it begins to focus on the internal systems and it puts its greatest emphasis in those areas that i just mentioned and what it does is it pours money, support, campaigns, everything into the, 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 the institutions within its own community that have the greatest influences. The barbershops, the beauty salons, the churches, all right, uh, these, these, these social halls. 
And in some cases, I would even say many of the, the clubs, even the dance clubs, um, because these are where people are gathering. And I'll be honest with you, it's by any means necessary. It is very important that we that we then from those centers work our way from the inside out. If you're a politician, listen, you're going to have to work your way from the inside out. You can't work your way from the top down. It's not going to work. Not going to work. Not going to work at all. Not going to work at all all i'm just telling you um the same thing with clergy it's we're gonna have to get down and dirty i, I it's been on my heart for the last several months the, the the need for discipleship um speaking to clergymen listen there's a there's you want to know how mature you are who are you who are you who who are you bringing to the lord who are you who's being who's been saved under your guys in the last 30 days who have you been able to, to say my life is so compelling this person wants to serve god because they see me serving god like i'm i'm compelling them to come to christ i'm compelling them to come to whoever i'm compelling them because of my life has that happened in the last 30 days without you preaching has it happened in the last 30 days with you just being who you are in general just just you being in proximity see this is the kind of stuff where 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 Man, I'm telling you, listen, man, classism is worse than racism. Classism is worse than racism because classism, you can't identify your enemy. And, and at least in racism, there's a delineation based on color. But there's no delineation in classism because the person can look just like you. And because they have a different income status, because they're of a different cultural status, because they're of a different um, they have a different job in society or because they're revered a certain way. They feel a certain level of entitlement and they don't need to go to a certain level that you do. And so it creates divisions among us. Classism. Classism is worse than racism. man. don't get it. Don't get it twisted. Don't get it twisted. People even, and, and I'll be honest with you, I think that's the current issue in our larger uh, political environment, that, that there's more classist mentality than there is anything. That there's certain classes of people that have the, um, and, and there's a lot of us listening to this that are fighting for the, that right. We're doing things now. We're putting all our efforts into things for that right to act like that. I'm just being honest with you. And, um, Man, like I said, I I know this. I know what I'm doing. I know what this will create. But my convictions, I gotta live my life by conviction, man. My life has to be lived by conviction. So I believe that there are winning cities. There is ability for winning cities. I want to see winning cities, but it's gonna require some intensity. It's gonna require an understanding, and it's gonna require. Um, a lot of change in some areas, and it's an aggressive, aggressive approach. Why? Because at the end of the day, my brothers, my sisters, uh, actually, you know, I see young, my young brothers sh shooting each other down in cities. It's totally unacceptable to me. Let me make that. It's, I'm not accepting that. That's not self-hatred, not acceptable. I just can't go to sleep every night knowing that that's going on. I can't. I just can't. Me personally. Well, it's not my problem. Okay, that's fine. You can feel that way. It bothers me. It's my personal conviction, and I believe that it can be changed. I believe that there's more people that hear a voice such as this and are challenged on it. They'll act, and I believe there's a lot that won't act, and that's fine. But um, there are winning cities. Our cities can win. Our cities will win. There's a win in you. There's a win in me, and there's a win in the cities of America. I believe that. I honestly 
honestly believe that. So our cities are going to win. Our cities are going to win. They're going to win in a great form, and they're going to win because there are people such as yourself. Kudos to those of you who are out there who are working in the communities. Uh, I think of people right now, and I could just throw out names. Um, one in particular I got to throw out is David Miller. Uh, he, he has a an amazing, I've been watching him, and he's he. I look to him and say that this guy, for so long, the Urban Institute, I want to say, um, is, and David, forgive me if, if I'm wrong, he has been on this mission for the last 20-something odd years, almost 30 years, and has not relented and has maintained the mission and has done this kind of thing. But he's been a voice crying in the wilderness, and, and there are more people that need to come along uh, with that. Um, we don't need to point fingers, um, except for we're pointing our fingers at ourselves. Um, we need we need we need to we need to basically point our priorities is what we need to do. And we need to point our priorities in the in the place where everybody benefits. Kudos to those of you who are out there who are working in institutions, who are teachers, those of you who are have camps, those of you who are doing things that, that, that don't get a lot of notoriety and nobody sees. I acknowledge you, we acknowledge you, we salute you, we honor you. Okay, uh, the pastors that are out there that are doing things in communities and impacting people's lives. We completely honor you. Um, you're doing those things. So so this is not a rail, but this is an acknowledgement that there is a greater depth needed in this hour. There's a greater depth needed in this hour to stop this madness. This is madness. This is absolute madness in a three day period. Seventy people shot. Eleven people killed families uh, being just decimated and um, we can't be distracted by the larger scheme of things we've got to begin to internalize go from the external acknowledgement to the internal acknowledgement to internal implementation to 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 dealing with what is going to strengthen the community and make it happen and then let the world see it and let the world celebrate from the outside in they can celebrate from the outside in and want to be like that Anyway, I'm done. There's a win in you. There's a win in me. And there's a win in everyone that you meet today. Make sure you, you encourage somebody. Make sure you exhort somebody. Make sure that you comfort somebody if they're hurting. Um, certainly, uh, my, my condolences go to the families that have been impacted in the city of Chicago by the senseless killings that took place this weekend. There were innocent girls also shot who just happened to be in proximity. Um, my condolences to those families uh, who are hurting. And uh, we pray that just that over time, God finds a way to comfort you. And um, we believe that there are people that will hear this and will act. And uh, we believe that there are winning cities um, on the cusp of coming forward. So this is Sam Britton. Probably with the most. This is the most convicting podcast I've done. But this is what I do. This is what why God created me. Um, he created me to open my mouth. He created me to herald what needs to be heralded, And I have to live by that conviction. No matter what, no matter who, no matter perception, I'm, I'm firmly in where I need to be. And I hope to see the change that comes from it. May you guys be blessed. And let's just continue to pray for winning cities. Pray for our cities. Pray for Chicago. And, uh, Pray for all our cities that are suffering where the with this genocide.